by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas-Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is The Good News Show. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Good News Show here on KTH, 9, 10 a.m., Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm Dave Palmer. This is a live uh, one-hour slot we have every week to talk about uh, what has been and what is coming up as far as events. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple of them in the past. And then in the uh, second half of the show, we're going to be joined in studio with Debbie Kaluza. And she is a Rachel's Vineyard Retreat Coordinator, as well as Deacon Henry Weishman from St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. And they have a Rachel's Vineyard Retreat coming up uh, just in a couple of weeks, uh, August 12th through the 14th. And so they'll talk about that. So if you are a woman or a man uh, who is in need of healing from abortion, especially with all the news that's about abortion over the last month or so, uh, we would uh, love to provide uh, an outlet for you to, to get the healing that uh, you seek and deserve. And so we'll talk to those two in the second half. In the first half, we are going to talk about two things that happened last week. Last week was a very, very busy week uh, local in the local Catholic Church. Uh, first of all, you had the relics of St. Bernadette that visited Our Lady of Lords Parish in Mineral Wells, Texas, and that was Wednesday through Friday, and I know people were going sometimes in buses with their parishes. I know uh, St. Philip's brought a bus. I know St. Michael's did, maybe some of the other parishes as well. Well, Friday morning, I drove out there with my daughter, and uh, we got there, just stayed about an hour, and we got to see it. So I'll tell you my thoughts about it very quickly, and then if you went and you'd like to share... um, you know, what, what your experience was and what you thought and uh, maybe any miracles that may have come as a result of it. You can share that with us as well. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. The other thing we want to talk about is last Thursday's Summer Speaker Series event. And, uh, you know, I always have a, a, a bit of an ex- exhilaration, a bit of an, a high, you could say, after these events. But... There was something particularly special about last Thursday's event. And I don't just say that like every single year, but the, the comments that I got, the emails, the, the, you know, people that I just talked to about it, there was something that clicked, <laughs> something really good. And, uh, much of it had to do, of course, with Bishop Joseph Strickland's talk. It was outstanding. And, uh, we also, uh, handed out or, uh, uh gave our re- Transmitter the Faith Award to Carla Lacroix, one of our super volunteers. And people were very touched by her. Diane gave a great uh, introduction, and uh, I texted Carla on Friday, and I just said, how you doing? And she said, great. And I said, I'm getting so many comments, and any chance you can come in on Monday and talk about your acceptance speech and what you said uh, for those who weren't able to be there. And I know a lot of people who were there would like to get a little bit more of the, the background and information. We've got a little bit more time. So Carla is here in the studio with us. I'm glad that, that she's here. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of bio about Carla if you don't know about her. Uh, we also have Cecil Anderson, our North Texas assistant in studio. Hi, Cecil. Hello. 
And uh, we've already had a, had a busy morning. We, we all- <laughs> have. We really have. I just barely sat down. <laughs> I know. I know. That, that was crazy. We uh, were over at St. Joseph's Parish in Richardson this morning because they have the Carlo Acutis uh, exhibition of Eucharistic miracles over there. And because of a whole series of kind of crazy of things that were going events. on, uh, yeah, we didn't start on air until about 9.20. We were supposed to be at 9 o'clock, and then we went an hour. We met the new pastor, Father Stephen Ingram, and uh, Alfredo Ramirez, and a couple of the deacons, uh, Deacon John Carlisle, and Deacon Richard Nelson, and uh, one of the teachers over there. So it turned out to be a great hour. It just wasn't <laughs> wasn't formatted, <laughs> you know, in, a, in an actual one it hour. It still sounded wonderful on air. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, okay, I feel better now, Diane. Uh, we didn't so, care to say that. Yeah, by the Diane, way. Diane Xavier is here, and also uh, William Kirkendall is our uh, high school intern, and he's running social media. So if you want to go on Facebook, you can see us as well. All right, so got a lot to talk about, and let me just first of all. Um, ask you, did you go out to see St. Bernadette? And nobody here did, did you? Nobody did. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know why the, the morning after our event, I just felt like this is kind of a, perhaps a once in a lifetime experience to be able to do that. And I have a sister who's born on February 11th and the feast day of Our Lady of Lords. And I just have always been fascinated with the, the story of Bernadette and Lords and the, I am the Immaculate Conception and, you know, the things that uh, Our Lady said to Bernadette. Uh, so we went out and, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't terribly crowded when I went. It, you know, we, we were able to go right in. Uh, and there's a, there's a grotto there on the, on the, the campus, I guess, down across the street and down the street a little bit. Uh, they have a replica of the grotto at Lords. And so we were able to go there. Just my, my 13 year old daughter and I. And then they had a statue of Our Lady Lords that has, had been shipped in from France. And that was in one room. And then you go into the main church and they, I don't know what the word is. It almost looked like a, like a tabernacle. It was gold and it was, uh, and the relics were inside that. And I had not done a lot of research about what it was all about. So they had a single file line and probably only about four or five people in front of us. And so we went and I had my rosary and I was told that if you touch it to the uh, reliquary, then it becomes a third class relic. And, you know, I, um, we venerated it and went and kneeled for a few minutes and then went out. And there was a, a police officer there, a female police officer in, in full, you know, police officer uniform. And I said, um, can you tell me, uh, can does somebody tell me like <laughs> what I just venerated it? And the police officer started telling me, oh, it's, you know, teeth and tissue and parts of her body and that are in there. And I said, oh, are you Catholic? And she said, no, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> and I, I said, wow, you just kind of know all this? And she said, oh, yeah, i just been kind of picking it up here and there. And, and uh, I told my, my daughter, I said, this is where conversions happen, you know, somebody like that. But anyways, uh, I, I thought it was a great experience. I'm glad I went. A little bit of a drive. It took about an hour and 15 minutes to get there. Um, but again, if you went, they, they have a big, um, uh, you know, kind of one of those big banners of St. Bernadette and a banner of Our Lady Lords and a little, little bit of, you know, I, I don't know. I wish we had stayed longer, but we just didn't have a lot of time. Uh, so if you went and you have any reflections about your time there with St. Bernadette's relics, uh, please give us a call, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. And also, if you went to the Summer Speaker Series event, 
have a chance to talk to Carla here. Uh, I think in many ways, <laughs> Carla was kind of like the star of the show. I, mean, I was telling William, our intern, that he's sitting next to a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> what, you, Cicero? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to leave that up to his interpretation, of course. Of course. I wasn't going to imply. arrogant. Uh, yeah, he's in between you and Carla, right? Uh, no, uh, of course, so, Carla. Uh, anyways, uh, the... the <laughs> The interesting, the, one of the most interesting things, well, first of all, we had a big crowd. It, it was, we had 540 chairs. Everybody tells me there's like 10 or 15% no-shows. I don't think there were 5, 2% no-shows because we filled every single chair and people were standing and a few people showed up that I think had not originally bought tickets, but every single seat was filled. I, I know it was. I mean, you, you, Carla, you had a chance and, to look out. And my girlfriend, who came late, took a long time standing in the back with a whole bunch of people yeah. trying to find me. Oh, That's yeah. how crowded it was. Yeah, it really was. And I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a really big event. And I know some people don't show up, but it was, it was packed. And it was great to see everybody. I wish those uh, events were like six hours long so I could have mm. all the conversations that I want to have but uh, some pictures that our intern John, um, William is putting up on the oh yeah okay, too, okay. Pictures, so. we had two photographers yes and between them I, I think they took about 2,000 pictures because wow. uh, Mark Lowe sent his through you saw those mm-hmm. yeah they're great yeah and they just gave us a, a, like some of them he took like a thousand pictures and uh, and then Mark Lenz was the other one and he sent the pictures through as well a lot of pictures of you Carla uh, but let me uh let me just kind of get y'all's impressions. Uh, Carla, it must have been a, I think you, you described it as magical. It was. And uh, yeah, make sure you talk right into the microphone there. But uh, yeah, tell us kind of how, how was the evening for you? It was. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not a professional speaker. You mentioned that. But uh, so I was a little nervous, both because of my voice condition and just because of speaking to so many people. Yeah. I think that was the largest group of people that I've ever done a talk with. So I was trying to keep calm. But everything was just I don't know, there was a peace about everything. Yeah. Bishop Strickland came early. He was walking around talking to everybody. He's so personable and I got to see um GRN volunteers that I hadn't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. It was like a reunion, a little mini reunion. And I, could, and I was happy that uh, the friends that I had asked had come with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it just was, his speech was very good, too. Yeah, you say you were nervous, but I, I had the, the exact opposite impression. You just looked so poised. <laughs> he did. Yeah, I mean, I, I was standing along the side with Richard, you know, our mm-hmm. VP, and he and I were just looking at each other like, who is this? I mean, uh, who is this, you know, po- uh, uh, I mean, you really, you really, uh, and, uh, you know, and the other thing that if people weren't there realize is that Bishop Strickland basically adjusted his entire talk, uh, to focus on you. I mean, wasn't that, that must have been really strange because he kept looking at you, kept he, referring he to you. Was. He did. And, uh, oh, now I can't remember the Father other. Cargo? Uh, yes. Father Cargo said, that the the name that he mentioned most in his talk was Jesus, 
But the next name, that was yeah. Carla. I thought you were going to say Our Lady, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no, it was Carla, yeah. of course. I mean, if you're only second to Jesus, that's not oh, pretty wow. bad. Oh. Yeah. Now, now, I will tell you, I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but uh, last year with Father Ricardo, we recorded the talk uh, with Father Ricardo's permission, and then in the spring, we offered it as a incentive gift for anybody who made any donation of any size, even a dollar, you know, during the share right? And so we were thinking about doing something like that with this one, but I don't think we can use Bishop Strickland's talk in in isolation. We would have to put yours in there as well. But wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yeah, cause <laughs> because his, his, talk so make, his talk so doesn't much. make any sense unless oh, you've gosh. heard what you said. Yeah. So I might have to get your permission to uh, to do that. <laughs> well, my friend Elpidio videotaped me, Aww. so I have had a chance to... To listen to myself oh, okay. through the whole thing. What did you think so. as you watched it over again? <laughs> uh, when I got up there, I just thought, with my nerves, I just thought, well, just think about, um, you asked me, where did I get my experience in speaking from? And I I uh, seem to think, now that I look back, that it, I've been leadership commission chair for the Dallas Deanery for Three or four years now. Yeah. And we give reports every month. So I've had practice every month with standing up in front of the group of ladies and giving my report. And I, I just have gotten so comfortable with that. That's the way I approached this talk. I thought, well, just think of them as CCW ladies mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. So yeah. So that's for those. Why for, I wasn't nervous. For those who were not there, do you want to summarize your talk? You probably spoke about, what, 10 minutes? 11. 11 minutes, okay. <laughs> That's what the video And says. three seconds. Uh, <laughs> so That's for those who the weren't there, um, you want to, because, I mean, it really did go over well. I mean, Bishop Strickland was blown away. He was the first thing he said was something like, you know, I can... Uh, you just know, look I, to I, Carla. Yeah, he said, I don't, he said, I don't, I don't really even need to say anything. Gosh. Yeah, look to Carla. It was but uh, what, was, uh, what was your message? What was the, the crux of it, would you well, say? My friend Diane gave, gave a great introduction. And so I just, um, I said some things that weren't on my little card. But I wanted to thank, first of all, I feel so humble in receiving this award. Uh, I do this work and I don't think of, of uh, receiving any recognition. It just comes from the joy. So I wanted to... Uh, let people know that even though in my life I've had some very serious trials and sufferings, all of us as Christians will experience trials and sufferings. And there are people that have sp- experienced worse ones than me. Mm-hmm. So I, I want people to not think that mine was just this extraordinary thing. Yeah, Everybody has to deal with their own situation and to figure out, where your life goes after you've experienced that suffering. And that's where I was. And then I told everybody about after my mother first died and my sister and I came to the radio station and she got to meet you. Well, then about nine months after my mother's death, we found out that my sister was diagnosed with cancer. So I had to turn around and be her caregivers and experience the loss of 
the last of my family. Mm -hmm. So to me, it felt like I had just jumped off the cliff and I was free falling. I couldn't find um, what was left for me to do in my life. So I, I remember that I was on my way to the bank taking care of the state stuff, and I was listening to the afternoon program with Father Mitch Pacwa, and an elderly gentleman came on, and you could really feel his grief. He mm-hmm. had, he, he and his wife had been together for over fifty years, and he was asking Father Mitch. He was saying the same things that I was feeling, mm-hmm. and I remember being in the car and hurrying it up and pulling over into the parking lot and saying to myself, "Tell him, Father, tell him, so that I'll know too." Mm-hmm. That's the way I feel, and. The first thing that Father Mitch said to him was, well, the first thing you do is that you you don't ask the Lord why, because he's not going to give you an answer to that. That you'll find out when you finally see him and you're, and you're up in heaven and everything is okay. Uh, what you need to do now is to uh, find something that means something to you and give of yourself to others. Now, all through my grief, I had been keeping in contact with you. I would call you up to ask about changes mm-hmm. and everything else. And from time to time, you would say, well, Carla, why don't you come and volunteer at the station? Yeah. And I would always go, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it took about three months after I heard Father Mitch for me to finally say, well, this, I mean, I've already been doing volunteer work. Mm-hmm. But I needed something else. And yeah. I said, well, Dave had asked me, I have no idea what I can do, but I'm going to call him up. And so I did. And that began my volunteer work 12 years ago yeah. for the station. And that's what uh, helped, and listening to Catholic Radio helped you to get, kind of get your joy back, yes. right? After one, all the grieving. One uh, lunchtime, you and Manny were there, and you guys went to lunch, and I was in the studio all by myself eating lunch. And then I just realized something's different. What's different? I don't know what it is. And then I just broke out into this big smile. Mm-hmm. I hadn't smiled in I don't know how long. I didn't feel like it. That's when I realized that my I was getting my joy back. Yeah. And you came back from lunch and told me that you and Manny had noticed that I had cracked a few jokes in the morning. <laughs> I didn't even remember. So that that's yeah. when I knew it happened. Yeah, that, that so. was awesome. So, yes. yeah, well, the uh, you had the quote. I actually had a friend of yes. mine email me over the weekend and say, hey, where, what is that quote? Do you have that? It was uh, so um, funny because I was reading through my emails and... Uh, in one of my Catholic quote emails, uh, newsletters, this one came in. And when I read it, I said, that's exactly how this joy feel, feels to me. And I wanted to share it with people. And the quote is, for me, Catholicism has meant joy, not as an absence of sorrow, but as a presence amid sorrow, the Lord's presence. And it has not meant peace, not as an absence of turmoil, but as a presence amid turmoil. It has meant a love that grieves with me when I grieve and laughs with me when I laugh. Mm. And when I tell you that... uh 
when you have sorrows and you get your joy back, that doesn't mean that everything is picture perfect after that. I got my diagnosis of this vocal disorder long after, my several years after my sister has yeah. died. And uh, I've, I've uh, learned that you just hold on to the Lord and keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and keep listening to Catholic Radio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, the other thing that was really interesting is that, you know, we had made the decision, because Carla comes in every Christmas time and sings a, 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 a Christmas some theme song related Christmas, and she's been doing it probably since, I mean, probably for the last 12 years since she started getting involved well, with probably us. probably about the last 10 years. Yeah, and I, and I told Cecil and Diane, I said, I'm going to go find one, and with <laughs> Carla's permission, we'll play it up on the big screen, right? Well, I I thought I had about five or six of them, because I thought that every time you came in, I recorded it, but right. I, some years I just took a picture and I didn't record mm-hmm. it. I only had two, mm-hmm. and one of them was very recent, and I didn't think <laughs> you would be happy with it because your voice wasn't very strong. And so I, I told Cisco, I said, I'm having a hard time finding one of these. Mm-hmm. And find my, my phone um, pictures goes all the way back to 2015. Right. And the in just like a desperation, one of the last th- things that I had, well, I mean, I had to go way back. Right. And I found this one. Do you remember what right. the theme of the song that you were singing mm-hmm. well, was it, about suffering? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, and, that. And that time I had, it was a combination of two songs. You cut out the first one was like, wake from your sleep, I think. And then I went into the next one. And uh, when it came on, it was like, wow, did I sound good? Then? And you say, yeah, My you sounded good. Was really good. And it fit in perfectly. I had, I had somebody email me and say, can, I, can, can you tell me what the name of that song is? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it just, it just, and that was just one of the examples of how everything yeah. just flowed so perfectly yes. throughout the evening. So, yeah. anyways, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. I wanted to kind of yeah, see if anybody else wants to jump in and tell me what, uh, you know, William was there with his dad and his grandma, uh, William's teenager. Uh, what what uh, what were your thoughts, William? Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I enjoyed all the speakers. It was very uplifting, very inspiring. Uh, everyone just had such a, a beautiful speaking voice, and I I enjoyed listening to all the speakers, and I think my grandmother and my dad did too. Mm-hmm. It was it was, a, it was a great event, and I would definitely one hundred percent go next year. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay, we'll sell you a ticket after the show. <laughs> uh, we don't we don't know when it's going to be or yeah. who the speaker is, but uh, yeah, we and uh, j- just yeah. a, a little inside baseball here. Uh, we had. We were so excited because we had uh, Father Mike Schmitz. You guys, you guys all know this. Yeah. Carla, did you know that? Um, uh, you may not have known that, but uh, Father Mike Schmitz had committed to being next year's speaker. Uh, we had a date. We were all excited. We were going to have the, the the thing that we put up, and everybody was going to you know explode in applause and and uh, excitement. But he uh, unfortunately, I, I don't know. It wasn't his decision, but he had to pull out, and so that leaves us without a, a speaker for next year. But you know, we're going to find somebody, and and you know. When God closes a door, He opens a window, Absolutely. right? So, well, well, yeah, I well, do public speaking, so I could do it. Yeah, William has volunteered. We would like to come to the uh, very yeah. 2023. Wow. Yeah, as our speaker. Okay, <laughs> all right, we'll see about that. So, so talk Diane, about life as an intern at KTH yeah. 910 AM. Wow. Yeah. And you know, Diane surprised me as well because not that I thought you'd be horrible, Diane, but I, I, you were much more poised and much more professional than I even thought you would be oh, in, in, in introducing Carla. Well, you know, I wasn't nervous. Uh, we 
the AV guys did a wonderful job. They were very good. Uh, and it was yeah. just like, I couldn't really see the crowd because the bright lights were like <laughs> shining in my face. So that made me less nervous. Yeah. Because if I saw a crowd of people, I'd be like, oh my gosh. So th- And then I knew, okay, I'm not going to read, like stare into the script at a nerve, you know, because some people do that because they're nervous. Yeah. So I was able to look out to the crowd and those lights really shine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, you know, I wasn't nervous. I didn't notice the lights. The but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, that's one thing that they did. And lights, when you see yeah. those pictures, like the yeah. American flag was all like lit up in colors and it, it right. really, they, they were very good. The yeah. sound quality was awesome. Yeah. Definitely want to thank Crucial, Crucial Media Productions and yeah. Rob uh, Rudloff, who is the owner there, um, who put that on. They do a lot of Catholic events and we really appreciated their help. Yeah, for sure. So anything else uh, from your perspective, Cecil? Oh you got to kind of work the crowd. Uh, yeah, I was all over, Dave. Uh, I was, you know, cleaning a spill off the floor or <laughs> running around and getting seats for people. But yeah, it was insane. I just remember every single person when I was saying goodbye as they were leaving, everyone just kept saying that was amazing. That was so good. And, and it was just, it was, yeah, you're right, Dave. It was a different feeling um because you know sometimes people once the keynote's over you're like okay i'm ready to go home now goodbye and we have our ask it's a fundraiser uh but this time like no one left mm-hmm. everyone's yeah, the seats were full yeah. Yeah. No one, yeah. there's usually like a mass exodus i know of, like, the quarter of the crowd. even last yes. year with father ricardo Even with father ricardo yeah. uh, now, of course, and and so i i was just watching waiting for those people to start leaving and i was getting ready i was like okay i gotta pass out our little saint joseph's tapestries and it didn't happen. I and know. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I noticed that too, because right does. around the time you, because we, we always wait until the end to do the, you know, quote the ask. And Father Cargo got up there and uh, I thought he did a fabulous he job did. as well. Fantastic. Uh, but did. yeah, I mean, that's the time when people, okay, they've heard, they've seen the transmitter of the faith award. They've seen the speaker. Most of the people were there to see Bishop Strickland. Okay. They're about to ask me for money. I've already had my food, my wine. Well, you know, why stick around? But they did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and right. the greatest thing was like, Dave was running around the place like at four o'clock. And I'm like, oh, the caterer people are here. And then he runs over there. I'm like, the bishop's here too. That's Mr. Yeah, and then he like turned around. He's like, he is. It was like four <laughs> o'clock. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, four o'clock. He wanted three to see hours the airplane. Before. I know, but, <laughs> but, but he didn't know anything about the museum. Yeah. It's, uh, he, once he got there, you know, he said, oh, well, I'll, I'll walk around and look at the museum. I, I don't think he knew exactly what he was getting himself Ooh. into. But, I mean, nobody really does that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, Bishop Strickland, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He gave his stipend back to me. Uh, oh we, we always give the speaker a stipend. And it's, it's not an insignificant amount. I mean, because they, 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 you know, they, they deserve, um, clergy, you know, deserve to, to be paid for what they do also. He handed it back to me, wow. and wow. he he but right after we did the uh, Father Cargo did the ask, uh, Bishop Strickland basically in giving a a donation back, and so he, wow. I mean, he lost money doing this wow. talk because he drove himself in, he stayed at the Wetzel's house. We didn't pay one penny uh, for Bishop Strickland, you know, just because he would he wouldn't well, accept you anything. Know, Dallas is his second home. He went graduated from UD. Yeah, graduate yeah. of Holy Trinity Seminary. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was a bit of a homecoming, but. Yeah, that really surprised me, and uh, that he he wouldn't even accept the stipend. Uh, yeah, I mean, so probably the stipend as high as gas prices are. Maybe it would have covered his gas prices, but no, no, it was a lot more than that. Uh, all right, so that's uh, what's going on. the The food uh, it was was good. Yeah, um, it was great. Liked, yeah, uh, did we run out of food or did? No, everyone... she said they had enough food for everybody, and people ate a lot there. <laughs> yes, okay. there's a lot. Oh, I had a lot of people compliment the food. I when I went to. Um, 
I was at a funeral on Friday at my parish, and a good group of from uh, my parish had come to the event. And they, some people came up, and they're like, "Ladies, wasn't that the most fabulous night last night? The food was delicious. The speaker was fantastic. They were just." raving about it yeah uh, so. I, I went to mass yesterday and i walked in and the ushers were talking about the event <laughs> oh <my laughs> and they're like yeah we we're just talking about the bishop strickland yeah. event and one of my friends said he brought his dad and he said next year i'm bringing my wife and wow. uh, uh got a text from uh, juanita she said the summer series evening was very nice the speaker was awesome uh, matt her husband was uh, talking about how he started taking the boys when you guys started the series, oh, wow. and uh, well, first one, awesome. the first one, fourteen years ago, Father Thomas Eitenauer, an evening with an exorcist, and then <laughs> Sharon Lee Giganti, and then uh, I don't know, uh, you know, we've had um, Deacon Alex Jones, Deacon Alex Jones, uh, yeah, um, not the Alex Jones guy from down in austin but deacon alex jones yeah right no, he's uh, alex deacon alex jones was from michigan he's he's since passed away may god rest his soul but convert to the catholic faith uh, we had deacon harold burke sivers Janet bankovic uh, father larry richards father larry richards father michael gailey father leo paddling hug father donald calloway i mean we've we've yes. had uh, father robert spitzer uh, raymond arroyo, arroyo yeah Ray, yeah yes. Jeanette. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but, uh, I mean, you start, you get to the point where like, who, who's, who's left? I mean, you know, who, who's left to have Father Ricardo? Mm-hmm. Uh, not Father Mike Schmitz. I was going to say, Father Mike Schmitz <laughs> oh. is left, and I was like, oh. Yeah, okay. But, <laughs> Salt of the wound. If anybody has any suggestions, yeah, who would you, who would you like to see yeah, who as would our you speaker? Like to see? I had some um, some people say uh, Sister Miriam Heidland. I love Sister uh, Miriam. You know, uh, uh, Monsignor um, um, Chavez oh, from yes. uh, Mexico City. Would, would that interest y'all? The, the he's the the the, the priest who um, basically runs the Basilica Shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe. He's an expert on you know. The, the, he came and visited our studio one time, so that was a suggestion. Matt Frad was suggested. Uh, who would you want to see, William? <laughs> It's uh, a good question. Um, somebody said Matt Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting yeah, 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 right. know, political commentator. Matt Walsh Catholic, with but... What is a Woman? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the Summer Speaker Series event. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be cool with just about any Catholic uh, speaker. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're all good as long as they're, you know, Catholic, good at speaking, they're, they're all good. Done for me, and that's that's the thing that I haven't quite been able to figure out. Do people just come because they want to support the station? They want to, yeah. I mean, even if it was not a great speaker, it'd still be a fun night, yeah. you know, just to yeah. be with people and get sure. you know, get the award and uh, you know, see that. I don't know. I'd still enjoy it, but the the fact that it is a good speaker makes a big difference as well. Yeah. All right, uh, I think that that does it for this segment. We've got to go, Carla. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Dave. And uh, uh, I hope everything you've... worked out okay. Uh, my church duties were transferred to Tuesday. So oh, really? Have were they really? Oh, okay. Just yeah. because they so. heard that the Carla LaCroix was requested <laughs> to be on the radio, of yeah, course. Everybody was calling in saying, I ain't going in. I want to be listening to the radio. Uh, and you got a nice uh, ward. Are you going to put that in your yes. house somewhere? Oh, yes. It's getting a place of honor. Oh, good, good. Well, I thank have, you for all you do. And uh, see if you start in as a volunteer, William, you might be getting the Transmitter of the Faith day, Award. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you'll, you'll get to speak at our event after yeah. all. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. Thanks, everybody who came. It was a great event. I don't know anything about the fundraising yet or you know how I much was, was raised? Ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we I, don't know yet. I asked Lisa on Friday. I called her, and she said, "I I don't know, and I can't tell you right now, anyways." And so uh, we'll find out, and uh, all that will be revealed. But I I think it's uh, 
it was a good event, and we're glad for everybody who continues to support uh, the effort of the station here. All right, so when we come back, we are going to talk about Rachel's Vineyard, and our guests are Debbie Kaluza, uh, Rachel's Vineyard Retreat Coordinator, as well as Deacon Henry Weishman from St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. Uh, there's uh, Rachel's Vineyard coming up August 12th through the 14th, and this is for men and women who uh, are in need of healing from a past abortion. So we will talk to them right after this. Guadalupe Radio Network announces the launch of La Promesa Legacy Circle, formed to recognize and honor our dedicated donors who have made long-term commitments to the network through gifts from their estates. We invite you to join our family and allow us to be a part of your personal legacy. For more information on making a legacy gift for the benefit of the GRN and a guide to charitable estate planning, contact our friends at the Catholic Foundation at 972-661-9792 or info at catholicfoundation.com. Is your facility in need of additional meeting or classroom space, but there's no room in the budget to add on to the building? I'm Glenn Trahan, owner of Modern Fold Door and Specialties and proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. Modern Fold Door and Specialties can solve your space division problems by installing operable walls to create additional spaces. We also provide repair and service. You can contact us at 214-357-2572 for a free consultation or trwfamily.com. God bless. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. Hello, my name is Bob Parra, owner of Parra Car Care. We're proud sponsors of KATH 910AM. Parra Car Care is devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who will listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the U.S. area, 817-685-2222. And for the Northwestern Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at www.parracarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely. The White Rose Women's Center needs volunteers, compassionate men and women to help convert the hearts of women wanting an abortion. Volunteer work includes counseling, organizing baby and maternity clothes, and other things. We are also looking to hire a part-time stenographer. Together with our volunteer counselors, our stenographers are a last line of defense for each precious unborn child. If you are interested in joining our life-saving mission, contact Julie Eichelman at 214-824-5942. This is Tony Beshera. My wife Chris and I own Babbage and Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babbage and Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999 or you can find us on the web at babbage.com. We are back. This is the Good News Show here on this uh, beautiful Monday afternoon. We're glad that uh, you're listening uh, July 25th already. Hard to believe uh, how fast this year is uh, zipping by. 
And as promised, we are going to talk about the upcoming Rachel's Vineyard Retreat. I always appreciate Eileen Kuhlman, the Healing After Abortion Ministry Director for the Catholic Pro-Life Community, who um, at least a couple times a year arranges for folks from the retreat to come in. Oftentimes we have a deacon and uh, one of the coordinators. Sometimes we have a, a man or a woman who gives their own testimony of healing from abortion. That's always very powerful. And uh, I have in studio with me uh, Deacon Henry Weekman. Uh, from St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco, and soon we will be joined uh, by Debbie Calusa, Rachel Vineyard Retreat Coordinator. There is a uh, Rachel's Vineyard Retreat coming up August 12th through the 14th, so that's just a couple of weeks away. And uh, anybody who is uh, um, trying to heal from the pain of a past abortion, men and women, are invited to um, to sign up for this, and we'll give you a lot of details as well. Uh, so Deacon Henry Weekman joining me here. Uh, thanks for coming in. Good to see you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having us. So your class of 2018 in the diaconate, huh? So you've been a deacon for about seven years now? Uh, about four years. Oh, oh is that? Oh, okay. My, my math yeah. is not good. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my, you can't tell my dad was a CPA, can you? Okay, I'm sorry. So four years, you've been a deacon. Uh, what, what, uh, what inspired you to be, begin, you know, diaconate training and, uh, as well? Uh, so yeah, what was the, uh, Kind of the the, move, the moving factor. How did God make it evident that this was what He was calling you to do? Yeah, it's it was uh, you know it's truly a lifelong type of a journey. Yeah. Um, when I was a young child, I actually uh, thought about becoming a priest. I used to, uh, as a kid, set up masses at home, kind of pretend masses. That, my that's sister a sign, isn't it? Yeah. To this. yeah. yeah. Um, made her sit there and listen to my homilies back then. Um, but as I as I got older, uh, got into high school, I was still very active in the church, um, but uh, started to to date some girls and felt like I was drawn a little in a different direction. But yeah. All through uh, my early career as well, I've been uh, very drawn to the faith. I've been very active in the faith, so I was always very involved volunteering. And uh, I was in a young adults group uh, in my early 20s, and... One of the persons in the group, her father was a deacon, and I got to know him pretty well. And I thought, well, that's that's really neat. Maybe sometime later when I retire, or yeah. you know, sometime later in life. And um, as it turned out, through a lot of volunteer work and things, uh, my home parish was Our Lady of Angels in mm-hmm. the Allen area yeah. here, yeah. and got involved there quite a bit. And they were putting together a new class and. Uh, Monsignor Bell actually uh, asked me if I would consider going and oh. in- going to inquiry, and so my wife and I gave it a try, and um, we're able to stick with it, and uh, it's been a very real blessing. It's such a blessing to be able to serve, and and uh, so many uh, so much need there, and so many great ministries to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Saint Francis is a big parish. Yes, uh, uh, how many deacons? We uh, have uh, five, five deacons right now. Wow, that, that's a lot of deacons, but it is huge, a huge parish. So how did you get connected or, or to this part of ministry, working with Rachel's Vineyard Retreats? Yeah, I have always been uh, been drawn to uh, healing-type ministries, pastoral ministries. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of need for that. Uh, Deacon Greg Cars uh, has been involved with this ministry for a long time, and uh, he was a great mentor for me. And uh, so he had mentioned one time that there was a need to have some assistance on some of the the retreats and uh, asked me if I would consider being a part of that. And so uh, I was able to join both a and help with a Project Joseph as well as a Rachel's Vineyard Mm. retreat. And uh, really, 
it was a tremendous experience. Um, the, the healing that goes on there is, is so significant. And uh, just being able to be able to help with starting that healing journey for folks uh, is a tremendous blessing as well. And there is, there is such a need for that. Yeah, it certainly is. And we, we talk about it a lot here on this show and on the radio as well. We love the work that the CPLC is doing. Uh, Debbie Clusa joining us as well. Uh, she is the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat Coordinator and is going to talk uh, in particular about the retreat that's coming up August 12th through the 14th. And so, Debbie, welcome. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dave. So you are the coordinator. Do you coordinate all the re, uh, Rachel's Vineyard retreats for the CPLC? I am the coordinator for uh, retreats in English. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we also have retreats yeah, Spanish. in Spanish. Okay. Yes. Uh, so what does that entail? What is, uh, you're obviously there for the, the weekend itself, and you put it together and organize it and find the location. And yeah. uh, what, 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 what's, what goes into that? I've been blessed to, to play many roles. Um, Actually, what I do is I take calls from the people yeah. who are seeking healing from the retreats. So um, that's my my first job is to is to talk to those people yeah. who who are um, wanting to come to the retreat. Then I get the team together. Um, I have meetings with the team members. I coordinate who's going to set up. Um, I have been a facilitator on the retreat, and actually, at this next retreat, I will be one of the therapists. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, and I, I know we're speaking very generally because these calls are very anonymous, but generally speaking, you know, these people, you know, my, my experience of interviewing folks who go on these retreats is sometimes there might be 10, 20, 30 years between the abortion and finally find the healing. And just to pick up the phone to make that call is is really, you know, tough for them. How, how do those calls normally go? Are they you know, nervous to even be calling you in the first place or trying, you know, trying to find reasons not to go or, well, what's, well, how does those, how do those calls normally? Yeah, I find that people, it's very difficult for people to call. And so the first thing I do is try to ensure them that um, they are in a safe place, that I'm there to listen. Um, And, and so they usually um, open up uh, once they start talking, but um, some people tell me that they've tried to call and hung up the phone many times. Yeah. Um, it is really difficult, but the thing that I find most often is that when they do call me, it's because either they heard about the retreat on the radio or at church, or they were triggered by something. Several women told me that after they saw the movie Unplanned, that that triggered them. Um, and it might be someone else, something else like a, a friend encouraging them to go. Uh, so everybody has a call, I guess, to... To come, mm-hmm. and and I really believe that that's God yeah. talking through the movies, talking through other people, mm-hmm. so. and they got to confront the past. This is something that they voluntarily or involuntarily have been kind of pushing under the rug for a while, and it's finally you know reached a boiling point where they they, they feel like they got to do something. Why is it so hard for these folks to? kind of come to grips with uh, the way they're feeling and making that call in the first place. So what, what are some of the, uh, the psychology there of maybe the reluctance to call and, and, and see, even seek the healing in the first place? Yeah, well, I think that many people try to forget about the abortion as soon as it happens. It's, it's not something that anyone wants to tell anybody. Uh, and also, when you have an abortion, there is no 
chance to really grieve with other people. You don't want to tell other people. There's no funeral mm-hmm. for the baby. There's there's really nothing. So you have to keep it inside yourself. So I think that it is really a coping mechanism to to stuff that down inside, yeah. which makes it harder to bring it up again, you know, yeah. because many people are like, all right, I'm over that. Um, I, I don't ever want to think about it again. But then those feelings that are stuck inside manifest in different ways. Some people find themselves depressed or they have anxiety or not, they're not really sure where it's coming from. Uh, and that's where a lot of people call me and say, wow, I've been feeling bad for a really long time. I didn't even know what it was until I had this trigger. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of things that have been stuffed down for a long time that people, it's uncomfortable yeah. to bring up. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Deacon Henry uh, Weekman also here, as I mentioned, from St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. Uh, Deacon, talk about the some of the, the shame, the guilt, self-loathing, you know, uh, I can. I, I thanks be to God. I I'm not post abortive, so I can't personally relate to what these folks are going through. But uh, tell tell us about that and why it may tie into what we're talking about. That they maybe not even want to pick up the phone in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Especially a lot of times with men. You know, in, in our society and culture, we're taught to be very tough, and many times not to even show any emotions. And so typically for the men, um, many times with an abortion, they're kind of uh, treated on the side. They're mm-hmm. not directly you know, engaged, maybe. They brought the person there. They facilitated it. But many times they're kind of left outside to begin with. So they're not really given a chance to deal with this. Just like for the women, they're told to kind of suppress it. And especially as a man, you're not supposed to be showing emotion. You're supposed to be tough and yeah. just continue. So they keep it suppressed for so long. And then when they realize what's happened... Many times there's a lot of self self-loathing that comes into play as in kind of the opposite side of of being the the male being able to kind of take care of the situation in that perhaps they had not really been a strong man had yeah. they stepped up and done something then there could have been uh, a different outcome perhaps and so there's a lot of loathing that starts to come in there of well I I didn't really you know do my job kind of a thing and there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. And so there's tremendous shame and, and self-loathing. And again, they're afraid to tell anybody. You're not supposed to show any weakness. So you keep it all inside. There's nobody to, to talk to to share that. And sometimes that's gone on for many years. And so to have that, that tremendous guilt building up and no one to talk to about it is just just a tremendous burden that we see when people come in. Yeah, and Debbie, I, I bet, you know, I had a situation in my life just this last weekend where I, I said something kind of stupid to somebody, and I just was like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, is it okay? And they're like, oh, no, no problem. And just to hear those words, then all of a sudden it's off your chest. But I bet a lot of a lot of people, male or female, for something like this say, I don't think I can be forgiven. You know, this is this was so big. You know, a life was lost because of a decision I made, something I did. I killed a child. I allowed a child to be, you know, and, and it, I'll never be forgiven. I, I'm guessing that's a big part of what people bring into these retreats. Yeah, you're right, Dave. Uh, I do hear that a lot. And the thing about our retreats is I, I just want people to realize that it is a safe, wonderful, compassionate place where pretty much everybody on the team has already been through this themselves. 
and yeah. uh, and they can be forgiven. And and the people who have gone through it have been forgiven and freed and healed, and that's why they want to come back to team to help other people. Mm-hmm. So anything is possible. We've seen miracles on these retreats. Um, there's no one at the retreat to judge or to tell people they did something wrong or to talk about politics or any of that. It's a place to get away from all of that and to simply heal and feel the forgiveness and love of God. Mm-hmm. Abortion has been so front and center in the news the past, uh, I think it was June 24th, uh, so almost exactly a month ago that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Does that, uh, either of you can jump in on this, does does that bring the bad memories that come welling up because everybody's talking about it? Uh, does that maybe make the phone ring a little more or maybe people just... I don't know, what, what, how, does, how does the news of the day and the, the political upheaval and issues like what's going on the last month, how, how does that play into something like this? Either one of you want to mention that? Uh, for the people I've talked to, I think they're confused. Yeah. I think people don't really know what to think. It, it may have triggered some people. And on the other hand, it may have people really thinking about, you know, what am I going to do about my situation? I know there's people who feel they want to tell somebody that they had an abortion because it's such a big deal now in the in the news. But then they think about, well, what is what's the cost if I do tell someone? So I think mostly it's caused just some confusion, maybe some reservation. People mm-hmm. aren't sure what to do with it. Yeah, uh, Deacon Wickman, what what is your role the, with the at the retreat itself? What uh, what are, are are you doing? I guess. Uh, yeah. So the the. Uh, the deacon is is a representative of, of the church, yeah. and so we're there to be able to, in many cases, with the different scenarios that we work through, we do a lot with scripture passages, and the deacon will uh, play the role of Jesus in a lot of those different scenes and scenarios, and try to bring in that that concept of love and healing, mercy and forgiveness. And for a lot of people, even as a representative of the church, to have that, you know, they think, oh, the church must hate me, yeah. and when they see that, no, that's not the case, that the church very much wants to share God's love for that person, the created in the image and likeness of God. Yes, what happened was terrible, but they want to be able to have healing there, and that's what God wants. And so a lot of what the deacon tries to do is to bring that perspective there and try to share more of that love and mercy with them. This is a Friday through Sunday retreat, the 12th through the 14th of August. Tell me, uh, Debbie, the difference... You know, everybody's different, and there isn't one answer, I guess. But what have you seen the difference in the demeanor uh, between the person that walks in Friday night and the person that leaves Sunday? Because uh, I remember interviewing somebody about this, and they said they, they didn't want to be there in the first place. They came in, they had an attitude, and they didn't want to smile. And they walk out, like, floating. <laughs> so mm-hmm. have, have you seen a lot of just, like, visible, tangible transformation? I mean, over, like, a couple of days. Absolutely. It, it's amazing. Uh, when, they, when people come, of course, they're, they're nervous. They don't know what to think. They're worried they're going to cry in front of somebody or they're going to have to show their emotions. And, uh, yeah, they're very nervous and very quiet. But at the end of the retreat, it is so beautiful to see the smiling faces and hear the laughter and see the joy. It's an incredible transformation. Mm-hmm. And can I take this moment to tell people to call me at a Absolutely number? not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's anyone out there who's interested in the retreat or uh, future retreats or just wants to know about the retreats, 
You will call this number and I will be the one to answer. And I can't wait for you to call. The number is 214-544-2273. I remember one time we were doing an interview like this and the phone rang before we were finished with the interview. <laughs> May, I'm going to watch your phone and see if it lights up. But uh, uh, 214-544-2273, that's Debbie Calusa, uh, Rachel Vineyard Retreat Coordinator, uh, also, Deacon Henry Weekman uh, joining us uh, as well from St. Francis of Assisi Parish uh, in Frisco. This is for men and women, right? Uh, what about the person who says, like, do I, do, am I going to have to tell everybody my story? Do they typically want to do that? Do they need to tell it? Uh, is that part of this, or, or what would you say about that? We tell people they are not required to speak. It's okay. totally up to them. But I have never found a person to not want to tell their story. Yeah. I mean that that's what they're there for is to you know is to tell someone who will listen with a compassionate ear. Mm-hmm. So but no we do not force anyone to tell their story. But everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> Never seen anybody. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, why be there, especially as other people start to open up and you see that you're not alone, it might uh, open up as well. Is there, uh, you mentioned uh, Deacon Weekman about being the kind of the, the face of Christ or the representative. Is there a priest involved also? Is there a sacrament of reconciliation that's available as well during this retreat? Yes, we've, uh, we're blessed to have uh, priests come help with Mass as well as reconciliation. Uh, Bishop Kelly has been uh, a tremendous helper and supporter of the ministry. And, you know, it's, it's really neat when he's there for reconciliation. And we also have some non-Catholics that attend, and we encourage them to, to visit with him for mm-hmm. some spiritual direction. And I remember on, on one of the retreats, they were hesitant to do that, but after they did, they were amazed again at just a, the, the warmth and compassion that's there, no judging at all, and the focus on healing and love and mercy uh, that is there that, that is projected. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that is certainly part of the whole healing process, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I would imagine one of the hardest parts is just the, the, the obviously, the child that's lost, and if you're you know, abortion was 15 years ago and you see a teenage kid, you, you just uh, like, oh, you know, that, that, you, the constant reminder when you always see that. Uh, but that, that can be healed as well, can't it? Uh, of just saying, you know, how old would my child have been and what would a boy or a girl and that, that kind of thing that, that never seems to quite go away. Is there a healing for that kind of, uh, those kind of memories as well? Yes, there definitely is. Um, yeah, we believe that um, every person can have a wonderful memory of their child in their own way. Yeah. And we never want to uh, push it to the side or think that it wasn't a person. Um, it's it, and and many people are triggered. I I know some women who are triggered when they have uh, when they have their own children, and then it reminds them of when they were pregnant with the abortion. So that can be a trigger too. But yes, we we deal with all of that in a very loving way, and we help people see that um, that their child is with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the nuts and bolts uh, got a few minutes remaining. Uh, as far as signing up, you, that you gave the phone number. Uh, uh, is there a cost? Uh, the lo- I guess the location is kind of secretive. We but it's in the the Metroplex, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It is in the Dallas area. It's at a beautiful place, and you're right. We keep it confidential for now. Uh, there is a cost, uh, and, and that's to cover the retreat fees and, yeah. and food and everything. 
Um, but we never want to turn anyone away for cost. So we have a, a plan where people can pay, you know, payments. Yeah. Or if they need, we do have partial scholarships. So we discuss that with, with each person individually, and uh, we will never turn anyone away for not having the funds to come. All right. Uh, phone number again, 214-544-2273, 214-544-2273. That's the number for Debbie Calusa, Rachel Vineyard Retreat Coordinator, uh, Deacon Henry Weekman also here from St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. This uh, Rachel's Vineyard Retreat will be August 12th through the 14th. Men, women, couples as well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right. Uh, what about like kind of remote cooperation? Somebody, I, I remember uh, hearing a testimony of a, of a lady one time who, who drove somebody to an abortion uh, clinic for an abortion and felt horrible because they were involved in it. it do, you ever, do you ever get those kind of cases where it's not somebody who is, you know, it wasn't their child, but it, are they allowed to come or, or just anybody? Yes, okay. Absolutely. Anybody that has been associated uh, in any way by that abortion. And, and that's true. There is a kind of a wide sphere sometimes yeah. of influence that was affected by that abortion. Right. Um, but yeah, we've, we've had folks um, that had driven people there or were friends of somebody. Paid for it. Uh, or, paid for yeah. it, et cetera. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty wide circle, a lot of different roles as well. Okay, okay. Uh, just a couple minutes remaining. I want to just give you each a chance to make a pitch and talk to somebody out there. I know, I know there are people listening right now saying, ah, yeah, this is me, I need to do this, or I, you know, I, I know my you know, whatever friend needs to do this, I need to call them. So well, what would you say to the person listening right now? to say, you know, now's the time. Yeah, I would say that if this uh, if this broadcast is speaking to you in any way, if you are having a feeling that, wow, I, I need some healing, uh, please go with that feeling. Please open yourself up to that call. And you can just call me and I'll talk to you about the retreat. I'm not going to, f- I will not force you to come, but I will just talk to you and let you know what it's about and try to make you feel as comfortable as possible. But I would ask you to please follow that call from from God or from your um, inner heart that you need healing because uh, now is the time. Yeah. All right, Debbie. Thank you for so much for being here. Thanks uh, for Debbie Calusa, Rachel Vineyard Retreat Coordinator on the English side, does all the. Um, and if somebody says, "Gosh, I'd like to go," but um, you know that's my summer vacation week. Are there others coming up this year um, that you can speak of, or do you know any dates? Yes, we have one uh, November eighteenth through twentieth. Okay. And then we have three retreats a year. So they're usually in March, August, and November. So, sure, if you can't make the one in August, please come to another one. I'll make for a much better Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, yeah, exactly. that November one. Uh, Deacon Henry, last word for you. What else would you say to somebody listening right now? One thing I would add as well is, while we do have men and women, and we encourage that definitely on the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat, we do have Project Joseph Retreats uh, as well for men. Uh, we find that even uh, men that have gone on Rachel's Vineyard, sometimes there's some additional healing that has to go on. Mm-hmm. And so we do have a, it's a, it's a two day retreat. It's, so it's a little bit shorter. Uh, Project Joseph, which is, uh, very focused on some of the unique aspects with, uh, the male roles, uh, in the family and in society and dealing again with the healing that those men that had, had been a part of an abortion have had to deal with as well. Yeah. So we have one of those coming up actually uh, at the end of August uh, as well. All right. So men could choose the 12th through the 14th or the end of August. Uh, is there a different phone number to call or should they call Debbie as well? 
the the men interested in Project Joseph, or what should they do? There is a number for Project. Project Joseph, but if they call me, I will definitely get them hooked up. With okay, does that Project go to Joseph. Reg? Yes. Uh, Reg yes. Platt, okay. Yes. So yeah, Reg is a great guy. I've interviewed him many, many times. All right, uh, well, that is it. Thank you so much. Again, that phone number, if you are in need of healing from abortion and you would like to talk to Debbie, and uh, whether you go on August 12th or 14th, that's, you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but at least call her and ask the questions that you need answers to. 214 544 2273-214-2544-2273. Yes, and if you know someone who is suffering from abortion, please tell them about Rachel's Vineyard Retreat and Project Joseph and give them those numbers. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks to both of you. Thanks to Diane for running the board for half the show. No, you ran the board for the whole show, right? So Cecil normally Yes, does I did. It. So All I right. gave Cecil a break. <laughs> okay. And also William Kirkendall for running our social media. Thanks to everybody who's watching out there in social media land. And uh, God willing, we'll be back for the next uh, Good News show next Monday at the same time. Until then, hope you continue to enjoy the programming here on KTH 910 AM. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show. KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.